Good morning and welcome back to Driving Technology. This is Mike and I'll be your host for the day. <laughs> Wanna drive? Um, excuse me, I'm still dealing with a cold and or allergies. Uh, and, and tries to reason out um, 
because the whole reason we have something called theology is because of what happened between man and God. Theology is the way that we understand the divine, obviously, the study of the divine. And all of us have a theology. We all have opinions on who God is. So anyway, the, the title intrigued me, and just the fact that I love the way Steinbeck, Steinbeck um, storytells. He, he's, a, he's a great storyteller. He develops characters really well. Uh, and in this one, we have two families that are kind of on a collision course. And he starts off kind of far back in their history. Uh, and uh, Now, this was written in the early 50s, uh, but it's set anywhere from the mid-1800s uh, up through yeah, the turn of the 20th century. Um, so it follows the two families that are on the collision course with, with each other. One is, a, is an Irish-American family. Uh, the other one is a, I don't know, they're maybe trapped. They don't follow them from Europe necessarily. They're a more entrenched American family, but uh, so one's a, an immigrant family, one's an American family. Somehow they, you know, the two families who begin on, on opposite coasts uh, of America end up in the same town, uh, eventually in Southern California, not sorry, Middle California, the line of the California. And uh, yeah, so it's really interesting, but it has some. It follows uh, also uh, the plight of a young woman who grew up as an only child. And uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read this, uh, this is not where it's going, but this is the character development. Uh, this girl is also in there, and she's a, she's a young woman. But it follows her life from, I want to say, about nine years old. Anyway, so for whatever reason, she grows up without an ounce of empathy for other people. She doesn't understand other people. She uh, she has, I would say, extreme narcissism and. Probably she is uh, sociopathic and uh, psychopathic. Um, she ends up, in order to escape from her family, she ends up uh, killing her parents, burning down their house, and faking her own death. And the world is caught up in uh, a brothel uh, as a prostitute in which she a very good at her job, actually. Uh, but eventually, she she just gets tired of things and wants to move on, and she's constantly manipulating people. Uh, she's a a, a uh, compulsive liar, uh, and really just a horrible person. I mean, just just a horrible person without an, an ounce of humanity, really, or care for other humanity. And so, but she has this incredible way to charm men. She's incredibly good at, at getting men to obsess over her. 
and then once they do, she uses them to her ends and then discards them. Uh, and so this is this is the plot twist that's coming to these other two families. These other two families have, have produced two really good men who are um, uh, good at heart, but this one woman has entered into uh, the situation, and, and uh, so it's it's all about how that's that's working itself out. Um, but it's Steinbeck's Steinbeck's uh, work is constantly um, peppered with beautiful pictures of California, very vivid, uh, vivid uh, scenery, uh, portrayals, and uh, uh, you know the, the dust and the, and the, the flowers and the trees and the wind and the mountains and the water, uh, and the weather, and, and how all of that works together. He's, he's, he's really a master painter as an author. Um, and does just an incredible job of, of giving you a, a vivid visual setting for this novel. And all of his novels are I think you probably uh, grew up in the Great Depression, uh, followed his family in the Dust Bowl uh, to the West to seek their fortune. and. And of course, that's what the Grapes of Wrath book is all about. It's set somewhat after this book, timeline. Um, but it does, you know, it brings up this idea of evil, and that some people seem to be evil. They seem to contain evil that, for whatever reason. Whatever goodness uh, God has put into humanity didn't make it to these people. Or it's suppressed so badly that the person himself, the person himself, the person himself, doesn't even know any And who knows, maybe it's a week of uh, demonic possession. Uh, that, that's possible also. I don't get the idea that Steinbeck is a terribly religious person, that he's more of a critic of the religion, religion and religious institutions that he's come uh, across in his lifetime. And yet he seems to have pretty good
homesteader, and he has quite a big place, but all of the land he was able to get by the time he got there was not farmable land. It's horrible land. It's very rocky, very dusty, no water. Uh, and yet he's an expert at finding water. Uh, he, he's a he's a water diviner, right? And so he he uh, well loved by all the people. Uh, and he's also an inventor, a dreamer, eager, and a storyteller, and comedian. Uh, just a well-loved man, uh, and he is caught in this spot because uh, Adam Trad, the other guy in California, with his wife, his pregnant wife, who started new life in California, and, uh, and he is uh, um, interesting. His name's Adam. Uh, he is he is wealthy. He's gotten a lot. Even though he's had a hard life up to this point. He has gotten his inheritance uh, after his father passed away. Uh, and so now he's got a lot of money and he's taken his new wife and he is completely head over heels with. Uh, and he has decided to just plant a garden, a garden of Eden, basically. And she leaves, and 
reports her husband, Adam, now he's so depressed he can't take care of his land. Uh, he doesn't want to any longer need to build up his property. He doesn't want to plant the garden. Hamilton is trying to get him uh, back on his feet, along with their cook, uh, Lee, a uh, Chinese-American immigrant, who is their cook, uh, and butler, and, and now he's taking care of the baby. But, uh, so anyway, he ends up uh, uh, trying to encourage Adam to go through the motions, you know, even though you don't feel like it, you need to, for the sake of your kids. Stay on track. Then to do get your place in order, you know, raise the employees. So now he's encouraging him to go on his life. Tragedy of his wife, with whom he was obsessed, walking out on him, uh, has left him just a, a shambles of a man. And he had said before that the only good thing that ever happened in his life was that woman. Of course, now he finds out that she's not really uh, a woman at all, but as, as uh, Steinbeck likes to point out, she's more of a monster uh, and trying to figure out, you know, what makes a, a person a man and what makes a person a monster kind of uh, trying to navigate those lines for us and, and uh, talk about men who seem more monsters than other men don't seem to be at all. And so yeah, so a couple new characters come are coming in because of the shooting, a deputy sheriff of the sheriff, and another person who's just been deputized. Uh, and so there's a woman and yeah. Anyway, I'm only about two hundred, I don't know, maybe fifty pages to sixty or book, but it's really interesting. I'd like to up to date on that and how that goes. It's, wow, it's a. For the time it was written, it's incredibly intriguing. It kind of, kind of reads like a. I don't know, law and uh, kettle. It's uh, law and order, you know. Uh, it's, it's got, got the, the wonderful warmness and kind of warm ideas of. Country life, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's got um, this psychological, uh, you know, psychopathic kind of side as well. So, Albert really seems to be ahead of his time. I've, I've noticed 
I kind of mentioned the idea of deep compression. But, uh, I'll have to admit I have never seen anybody that I'm sure would be possessed. I, I, I don't know. I don't have the spiritual sense for that. Uh, or maybe some people that do. But I haven't yet experienced that. And I don't really I do help hold out the possibility that demon possession is still possible today. Uh, and that uh, a depraved uh, uh, somebody who has slowly gone down uh, roads that are far, farther, farther, farther apart from the will of God for us uh, could be susceptible. Yeah, when they go down that rabbit hole, I recommend it. 
But anyway, back to the idea that that, that angelic possession is something that you never hear of God taking over the human being and acting through them uh, as far as a possession type of incarnation. Uh, Jesus incarnate was born as a man, the man that Jesus was born as. God does not possess us in the way that Satan might possess us. In other words, at some point, we might get so good that God would possess us and that we would be something different outside of our own personality. I don't think that happens either. And if it does, I've never heard of it. Now, the Holy Spirit living in us does, uh, you know, start to conform us into the likeness of Christ as we walk in obedience to Christ. There's never any indication that that we are taken over, uh, you know, that we we become uh, something other than what we were, that we might even lose our memories or our our identity or anything like that. Um, But... On the other hand, as I'm thinking about this, I realize that angelic possession, or, or let's say God possession, uh, would never look like demon possession anyway. It, it would be, we would, would have the fruits of the Spirit. We would, we would be, uh, you know, have incredible self-control, patience, kindness, uh, and uh, long-suffering. Uh, we would be, have incredible faith. But I, but I think, I think even if, if we start to look more like I don't think we would ever look so much like Christ that we lose our identity. And I think the reason for that uh, is because God made us to have an identity. He made us because He takes pleasure in us, because He loves us. And He doesn't want a bunch of Him walking around, He wants many children. Uh, and I've talked about this in other ways, that God's nature is not controlling. God's nature is influential. Uh, he doesn't want to take control of us in the way that a demon might take control of a uh, weak and depraved human. He wants to convince us uh, to accept uh, his lordship and his, his loving uh, fatherhood. Right? He wants us to accept him as father, as a loving father, as a, as a partner. Um, and in doing this, uh, he shows that he, he's not a controlling God. He's not a God who wants to take control. Uh, he wants us to partner with him. Right? To, to partner with him and to work with him and to, to rediscover our original relationship, uh, which is 
uh, multiplying and uh, and subduing his his earth, working in the earth uh, to do and his will uh, for him in his stead. To be extensions of his arms, but at the same time uh, remaining our uh, retaining our identity. Uh, and I think this is a, an important um, difference in what would happen if we were uh, the difference in being possessed by a demon or being indwelt by the spirit. Language shows how different it is. You know, just the very language of possession, to take possession, to steal, or to kidnap, uh, and to control, as opposed to being lifted, uh, cohabitated, right? Uh, to kill with. Uh, the language shows you that the, the outcome. that tells you a lot about the heart of God, uh, the fact that he would never do anything to you that you did not agree to, never, and he just wouldn't do it, uh, he would force us to do anything. Now, as the, the book I've been reading does show, uh, it talks about some, a few uh, principles that they find to be consistent with the character of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, the idea that God allows evil to punish evil, right? He steps back and, and might uh, take away his protection, his supernatural protection from people at times in order to allow people to, uh, to destroy evil because his influence has been failing, right? Uh, or failing the, the way he's trying to influence them has failed to transform into a threat. And so at times, even when it seems like God may have done something, he takes evil forces that are already bent on destruction, forces that he has not been able to influence to, to uh, adapt to a life of goodness, or to adjust to a life of goodness, or to adapt to a life of goodness. Uh, he allows them to feel the consequences, the natural consequences of their own sin, uh, and in so doing allows evil to, to destroy evil, or, or evil to punish evil. natural way uh, of understanding that the world is made. If the world is made with this uh, natural, uh, with these natural consequences to sin. Uh, and so by God withdrawing uh, his protection, his special protection from the consequences of our sin, it allows us to feel the natural consequences of our sin, and in so doing, 
rediscover why it is we need to protect it, why it is to have faith, and to allow ourselves to be influenced to do good by God uh, the example of the power of people Another thing we call, another principle we talked about is uh, Aikido. Aikido is a, like a martial art developed actually in this prefecture that I live in, Japan, uh, that is a, uh, it's, it's the way of allowing rage to come back on itself. In other words, you take the, the rage of your opponent and turn it back on him. Take the momentum and the force of your opponent and channel it back to him. Right? That's that's what Aikido is. Uh, and the, the stated purpose of Aikido is to show the the aggressor that his his own rage is a destructive force uh, and that it you know, to, to, to show the opponent that, you know, a better way. That not, not to destroy the opponent, but to allow the opponent's own rage to go back in itself in the hope that they will see that aggression doesn't solve the problem. Now, I feel that has been misused down through the years because it's put in movies so they use it uh, as a uh, as a form of aggression. It is used sometimes as a form of aggression, breaking bones and things like this. Uh, but in the truest sense, in the purest sense, that goes in the martial art.
I know it's a bit, you know, bada bada. Went from uh, a book review into a demon angelic possession and then somehow into these ideas of uh, uh, divine withdrawal and uh, divine Aikido. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you guys later. I hope you can make sense of it.